time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. It's a beautiful day and we are finishing up a little series on your heavenly bank account. We've been talking about spiritual rewards in heaven and how what we do right now affects what we get then. You know, I was speaking one time at a couples retreat and a young couples retreat and they asked me to speak on the topic of stewardship. And so I was speaking about this topic about receiving rewards uh, in heaven. And afterwards, uh, one of the young men came up to me and began to rebuke me for my, quote, selfish approach to serving God, end quote. And I turned to him and I explained, I hope gracefully, that if he had listened to the last part of my message, he would have heard my motivation for wanting heavenly rewards. There were, that's what we're going to get into today. What's your motivation for heavenly rewards? And just for the record, just for the record, I unapologetically confess that I desperately want to receive crowns in heaven. I want rewards in heaven. And I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. Now, it's a fair question. You know, why would you want to receive reward? I mean, isn't that, isn't that a little bit self-centered? sounds self-centered, doesn't it? I mean, it could be, I guess, if we fail to understand the true nature of the rewards that we're going to be receiving. Now, in Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, this is what John writes. He says, And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders that I take to be representative of the church will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever. Now watch what it says next. And they will cast their crowns before the throne. They'll take off the crowns that Christ has previously awarded to them and they will lay him, lay them those crowns at his feet. And this is what they say. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created. So why would they cast these these crowns before Christ like this. I mean, you just got the reward. Why do you want to give it back? Well, there's only one reason. And it's revealed in the final verse then verse 11. There's something happens to the bride of Christ when she arrives in heaven. Something she only caught glimpses of while on earth. You see, once in heaven, we will become fully convinced of a truth that we previously had only heard, that we previously had only scratched the surface of its meaning. At last, three words will come bursting forth from our hearts, washing over our souls in a tidal wave of worship. And those three words are, He is worthy. He is worthy. Now you can say those words now. You can believe them now. You can mean them now. You can sing them with 
teary eyes and hands lifted high. You can do all that. But our worship right now is incomplete compared to the worship that we'll experience on that day. It's infantile compared to heavenly worship. And on that day when we fall down before him who sits on the heavenly throne, until that day we will never completely absorb the meaning of those three words, he is worthy. In that glorious moment, you and I will finally experience what the cherubim and the seraphim have known for ages. There with our faces bowed before heaven's throne, we will finally get it. We'll finally grasp the inestimable worth of our God. Words like glory and worthy and praise often spoken here on earth tritely. In heaven, those words will be pregnant with meaning. They'll take on a whole other dimension. And our crowned heads will finally comprehend why our God rightfully deserves glory, honor, and power. And in this passage, John lists, he gives us two compelling reasons why. We're going to take those crowns off and give them back to him. He says, number one, that he's the creator of all things. Everything that is owes its existence to Jesus, to God. That's space, time, matter, planets, solar systems, clusters, millions of galaxies, billions of stars, the universe, earth, mankind, you, me, molecules, atoms, quarks, gluons, electrons, neutrinos (laughs) he made them all and on that day we're going to finally understand that how utterly foolish that one of God's creations the crown of his creation the one with the greatest capacity to worship him would be so arrogant as to propose another explanation for our existence I mean if it weren't so sinful and stupid it would actually be funny (laughs) I mean, what kind of idiots are we to think that we got here any other way than the Creator? The second thing that John lists as a reason why we'll take off those crowns is because all things exist and were created because of His will. See, it wasn't just the fact that He made us, it's the fact that He desired to make us, He willed us into existence. And being into his, in his presence like that catapults the bride of Christ into realizing that God made all that there is simply because he wanted to. It, it pleased him. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens. He does whatsoever he pleases. He's sovereign. And therefore, everything that exists is not only created by him, but as Colossians 1.16 says, created for him. You and I will cast our crowns before him because we realize we exist not so much that we could just enjoy life, but so that we can enjoy Christ. Do you get that? So your purpose on this earth, my purpose on this earth is not to live a happy life and enjoy good things. That's a, that's, those are residuals. Our number one purpose on this planet is to enjoy Christ, number one. 
More than telling people about, even more than telling people about Christ is to first enjoy Christ. For why would you want to tell someone about a Christ that you yourself did not know and enjoy? You see, when we find our ultimate purpose and reason to live in him, then we have just ascended to the pinnacle of human discovery. It's the greatest thing that a human could, could realize that he was made for God. How would our lives change today if we could experience a greater realization of that truth right now? And so, and so, of course, I want to have a crown to cast at his feet. Do you want to be that Christian that shows up at the Bema, at the judgment seat of Christ, with nothing to offer him? With nothing to say, look at what I accomplished for you. And look at what you did for me to help me accomplish it. It all goes back to you. It all circles back to the one who is worthy. Now watch this. More heavenly rewards means a greater capacity to worship with satisfaction and joy in heaven, not regret. It means that we can offer a greater sacrifice of praise, honoring him who sits on the throne. Does that make sense to you? You want to have something to bring to the party. You want to have a gift to give God in that day. You don't want to say, well, I didn't do anything for him on the earth. I did, I did nothing. I earned nothing. I, I sent nothing, no deposits on ahead to my heavenly bank account. No, you want to be able to say you did that. And whether that means for you is sacrificing finances for, for ministries or serving in a ministry or giving yourself away in the name of Jesus Christ to someone else or, or doing deeds of service or acts of mercy because of the name of Christ or preaching the gospel or teaching the Bible or mentoring someone or discipling someone or, or, or serving in some area of ministry that is gospel-based for the kingdom of God, no matter what it is, you really want to earn stuff here. That, that goes ahead of you, that's waiting on you in heaven so that Christ can say to you, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord, and here's a couple of crowns to go with it so that you can turn around and praise him. You know, it's been said some people when they get to heaven, some people are like light bulbs, you know. It's like some people are 10 watts, 100 watts, 500 watts, and they shine brighter in praise to him, in reflecting praise back to him based upon what they did on the earth. You know, some people say we shouldn't pray for God's favor on our lives. And, and, and I understand, you know, I'm not talking about health and wealth and prosperity and, you know, I'm, everyone's supposed to be rich and, you know, have all these possessions and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we never have a sniffle and that kind of thing. I'm not talking about necessarily that. But we should pray for God's favor on our lives in that, that he would position us in places and in relationships and in circles of influence where we can shine a light for his glory, where we can be a testimony of his grace to other people, where we can mirror the glory of God, where we can show an example of the hands and feet and mouth of Christ 
here on the earth. Yeah, that's favor. God, put me in those places where I can do that. Get, put me in, coach, you know. It's like get me in the game. I don't want to be watching for the sidelines, watching others do it. I want to be on the field. I want to get dirty out there. I want, I want to get bruised and bloodied for you. I want to go out there and play so that I can share in that victory. You see, more favor on our lives in that sense right now means more worship in the future. So we ought to pray this. Lord, bless me so that I can serve your kingdom's cause and bless you back with praise in heaven. That's the point. Not so that I can just enjoy stuff now. That's not the point. It's so that I can enjoy worshiping him then. So if receiving rewards and crowns in heaven means we bring greater praise to God, then we would be fools not to work towards earning them because it's all about him. The whole point of of earning heavenly rewards is to give praise back to God. And that kind of praise, that kind of ascribing worth to him by casting our crowns before him, that kind of praise is an appropriate gift for a king. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you just imagine for just a moment the sheer number of redeemed humanity that will one day gather in heaven? Billions. I don't know how many. There's going to be a lot. More than some people think and less than other people think. Some people think everybody's going. In that case, it's going to be a lot less. Some people think that hardly anyone's going to heaven. But, you know, when you read in Scripture, you read Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 14, it talks about myriads upon myriads upon myriads from every tribe, tongue, nation, a mega mass of rescued sinners as well as angelic beings, literally as far as the human eye can see. There appears to be no end to this number in heaven. Can you see that? And John tells us in Revelation 5 that this huge multitude begins to shout, shouting in heaven, yeah. And they're declaring the same thing. They're together with one voice. You see, there's an incredible unity about heaven as these countless voices and these souls burst into a chorus of praise. And listen to what he says. Then I behold and looked the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads. The Greek language didn't have a number above 10,000. They just had to multiply stuff together. And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them. I heard saying to him who sits on the throne to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures, the representatives of the church kept saying, amen, amen, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. You see, all of heaven's attention is focused in on the Lamb of God. He is the centerpiece, the intersection of every syllable of praise. He's worthy to be praised because he was slain, worthy to be the recipient of all the power and riches and glory and might and honor and glory and blessing, worthy enough for us to submit our wills to him and relinquish ownership of all that we have right now. Everything we have is his. Is he that worthy to you? In heaven, you're going to think so. 
in heaven, you're going to look back and go, why, why didn't I give that to him? Why didn't he have, why, why wasn't he in charge of that in my life? Gosh, now I see how worthy he was to be in control, to direct me, to be my sole landlord, to be in charge of me, to be the boss of me. You know, could God be this great that, that literally every living thing shouts praise to him? Isn't that crazy? So how does this future reality, knowing this is going to happen, how does this impact our present experience? Well, let me just give you a, a, couple, of, a couple of ideas as we close this little series here. You know, I think that it causes us to focus our lives and to realize what's, what's, what's important, you know. I think that it gives us clarity and a life perspective. I mean, boxers don't run the 100-meter dash, and pole vaulters don't compete in the shot put, you know. I mean, we all compete in the race that God has given to us, and we all train for it, right? And we put aside everything to be the best that we can be for Him, for His glory. And that's, that's really what it's all about. That's what Paul did, 1 Corinthians 9. He said, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to achieve my goal. I'm going to prioritize my life and make sure that I'm focused on the right thing. So it gives us a sense of clarity. Because you know, let's be honest, the, the Christian life is a race that is long and difficult. Our spiritual muscles are, are, are strained and they cramp up. And, are, and sometimes we wonder if we're having any effectiveness for God. But that's why we have to pause occasionally and just say, hey, what am I building my life on? Have I gotten off track? I mean, am I focusing in on the, on the things that really are important? Am I gathering straw or am I mining silver? You know, whatever it is on that day is going to reveal it. Am I running in the right race? Am I helping others to win? Am, am I, is my life centered on Christ or some other pursuit? Am I running to win or am I just showing up, casually meandering through the race? There's a lot more questions we could ask ourselves. And the one question would be, am I even serving him at all? So focus is a, is a word. And, and why are we serving him? And one more word is just the word faithfulness. And I'm thankful that God doesn't require perfection because I'd be in big trouble. Instead, he just wants faithfulness. If you're going to max out on anything, just max out on being faithful. I mean, being inconsistent is a plague you know, sometimes I used to get on my bicycle and just ride and ride and ride. And sometimes I think I, I can't go any further. And I had this little mind trick I used to put in my head. I, I just said to myself, hey, keep pedaling. That's all you got to do. You don't, have to, you don't have to pedal another 10 miles right now. You just have to keep pedaling right now. That's all you have to do. And some of you are just thinking, wow, if I just keep pedaling, will that accomplish anything? guess what? It will mean you'll keep going forward in the Christian life, being faithful to the things that God has called you to. And that's what's most important. Hey, you want a spiritual bank account in heaven? Guess what? You've got one already. The question is, are you doing what it takes to make deposits in that account? Are you focusing your life? Are you seeking to serve him? Are you trying to in your life to position yourself where you can be most effective for the king and for his kingdom. Hey, if you're willing to do that, 
then you are putting yourself in a place of great favor and blessing. And you will be able to, on that day, to take that crown off, cast it at his feet and say, it was you, it was you all along who made this happen. All praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.